I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Thursday. What a week we've had. Busy, busy week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, apparently I have a lot of free time, so my week's not so busy. That's nice when you're retired. Kind of. Yeah, kind of retired. Yeah, I mean, kind of really tired. Yeah. How do you get retired? Are you just tired? You're tired again? Is that retired? Um, I'm a retread. A retread. So one of the things that uh, struck me as a contrast between this presidency and the last presidency had to do with what's going on at our border. I don't know if you remember, but under President Trump, there was a big deal made about all of the people that were lost under his presidency, that they just didn't keep track of the children, didn't keep track of the people that had entered the country and entered into some sort of government watch, whether it was Health and Human Services or ICE, etc. They just disappeared. They just disappeared. So under Biden, ICE has lost 47,000 illegal immigrants after release, and that was for 2021. And that might have been for the fiscal year. Uh, so that would have included a little bit under under Trump. But if it was just for the calendar year, that was 47,000 illegal immigrants. They were issued. Now listen to this. So normally you're issued a notice to appear. So you get caught crossing the border when CBP releases you, typically speaking, or ICE, if you're so far into the border and you get caught, say, in a, a sting operation or pulled over or whatever, and they they realize that you're unlawful, they will issue you a notice to appear. But instead, what CBP has been doing is issuing what's called a notice to report within 60 days. So they issue these individuals a notice to report And they're required to go to the local ICE office and wherever they end up and register with them to receive their notice to appear to start the immigration proceedings with a judge in their local jurisdiction. So instead, they've lost 47,000 people between receiving a notice to report and then not reporting to whatever local office they would have reported to. So I wonder if that's like part of the TSA confirmation this morning that TSA confirms it allows illegal immigrants to use arrest warrants as their form of ID in airports. They use the document to check the person or persons against a CBP database. So basically what they're doing is they're saying if they have no documents on them and they fingerprint them and nothing comes back, say this is their first time either crossing the border or it's their first time getting caught crossing the border and they've never had any interactions federally, they will come up with kind of a clear, like, oh, nothing derogatory has come up on you. And then they say, my name is Bob Smith. My date of birth is January 1st, 1947. And they will get a notice to appear that said, or in this case, a notice to report as what's been what has been going on with CBP. So this notice to report will say 
Bob Smith, January 1st, 1947. It's based on information they gave. Now, if they have an ID, they might turn it over if they have some sort of ID that they came with. But if they have a fake ID, they turn that over. They could have a real ID, but it's not theirs. So there's all different kinds of things that can happen. So now Bob Smith, January 1st, 1947, date of birth, is to report to ICE. Or in this case, they're going to TSA. They are literally checking against the same thing CBP just entered or checked in the computer. So that uh, is that on the I-200 form? All that information? It depends on what they're being issued. But generally okay. speaking, who it was and where they're supposed to be or where they're going is entered. Now, I have not dealt with these. Um, I personally have not dealt with a, a notice to report. I've only dealt, I've only seen the notice to appear. So that's what used to happen when I was working is they would issue a notice to appear. And where it could become slightly problematic is that it's going in the local jurisdiction that the person crossed the border in, typically speaking. So then if they move to a new, new jurisdiction while they're waiting, which they typically do, they're typically not waiting in that same general area. They're usually headed somewhere. So if they're headed to Florida, they're headed to Pennsylvania, they're headed to California, but they, for whatever reason, crossed in Texas because they thought it would be easier or better or whatever, um, they would get issued a notice and then they would ask to transfer the jurisdiction to wherever they end up, if they even want to show up. Well, I sent the Homeland Security a notice to stop this morning. Please stop allowing people to come through the border with fentanyl. Too many Americans are committing suicide. Suicide, drug overdoses, they are just... And that's what I meant. So high. Yeah, I know. They're, they don't, their intent is to get high, but what's coming over the border is killing them. Yes. So it it's a very sad state of affairs. It is. 100,000 last year, most ever. Have you looked at the state of affairs in Los Angeles as it relates to the rail system down there, um, trains, garbage, our governor here in California? So from what I've heard, something like 90 train cars are getting robbed or hijacked or whatever you want to call it, burglarized. I'm not exactly sure what the appropriate term is, whether it was an occupied or unoccupied rail car or rail area. But apparently it's gotten so bad that they're considering no longer going through Los Angeles with trains because they are everything's getting swiped. And then all they do is pull it all out and destroy whatever they don't want while they're looking for something that they could take. Right, and it's train cars and it's the shipping containers that are on top of the flat cars. And I guess there was a mass cleanup last week and the, our governor went down and said that all the garbage along the railway systems down there looks like a third world country. And yeah, there's been 280 arrests a, uh, a day on average or within the last month. The problem is they have a zero uh, zero money bail. Yes, zero money bail down there. So they're basically arresting him, turning him around, letting him right back out in a couple hours. Well, here's one of those cases again where the governor says, "Ooh, we got a problem here. We got to fix it." Well, wait a minute. You guys, by your lax laws, created this problem, and now you're telling LA County they need to fix a problem that they created up in Sacramento. Yeah, and in fact, uh, Mr. Newsom is telling them that it, it prop 47 and there's two other propositions he's saying that they're really working 
and they're they're the the best thing since sliced bread apparently and it's not the the california democrat policies that are causing the problem it is local police jurisdictions and local prosecutors who are not doing their job according to him according to him it's local oh sorry according to him it's local prosecutors that are not doing their job by the way who's the one that in a state of emergency implemented zero money bail do you happen to know it wouldn't be newsom's attorney it was newsom newsom in his emergency orders because if you keep the state of emergency you can declare whatever you want Newsom has been the perpetrator behind this, but he's trying to misdirect and say it's his Democrat crony counterparts that are somehow at fault. Well, 411, that's information line, correct? Yes. Well, all these prosecutors across America that are the woke prosecutors that refuse to prosecute, we have empirical data now. Every state that has one of these prosecutors or a bunch of them are in terrible condition, homeless is off the hook, drug addiction's off the hook, theft is running rampant, there is absolutely no control. So we are becoming no more than a third world country. Yes, and I believe it was our local Fresno prosecutor, Lisa Smithcamp. Yes. Who was talking about how they are trying to do everything they can not to enforce the policies that are are causing the problems. So you don't see it as much in Fresno, but still some of the policies tie their hands. And you do see some of the problem. It's not non-existent, but they are trying their best not to do what the other people are doing that are causing Oh, yeah, and I like, I like our prosecutor too because she ba- our DA basically said that our governor is either very, very misinformed or he's just a liar. So have you heard that many of these these big-name Democrats that were elected in these big-name cities are backed by George Soros? Yes, the guy that I still swear is not American because no American in his right mind would do and treat people the way he does in this country and others. And somehow everyone that he backs, every everyone that, that latches on to these ideals... We have a major problem in all of those cities, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and across the United States. Anyone who ascribes to their theories on how to make things better and then get backed by his funding or similarly situated individuals funding, they end up driving their city into the ground. And it's sad, and I just don't know why we continue to tolerate it. And if you look at, I believe it was Seattle. So Seattle has had, jumping to education, but similarly situated in in some of these thought processes, Seattle has been working on equity outcomes. And so they've been working. Is that a free paycheck? Yeah. I'm moving to Seattle. So they've been trying to make things more equitable and somehow it's been thought that if you do things based on an equitable outcome and not the like the start being trying to make the equality of the start not the equality of the outcome instead they've seen for the equality of outcome 
everybody's test scores and, and their learned information is diving off a cliff and going straight down. So instead of trying to elevate people, they are actually bringing them all down together. If that makes any sense. Well, yeah, to them, that's fair and equitable. It's like I always say about our medical plans here in America and other items. So we've had pretty good medical in America for probably 50 years. Maybe 10% of the country has been lacking, you know, way behind. So if you're going to remodel a home, do you tear the entire home down or do you just remodel the part that's broken? Yeah, here in the United States, we seem to tear down the whole thing. Make sure everybody's equal. Yeah, <laughs> tear make sure it all we're down. all, burn make it sure all, all down. miserable. Absolutely. Yeah, so the, the model that they've been using up in Seattle to stop racism and push kids to achieve better outcomes and and have, um, you know, better achievements, at least that was what was billed. Instead, they have seen the achievement gaps grow in some areas, but it disproportionately affects minorities for the worse. So even though they're all going down, minorities are going down faster. And so there's still a disproportionate gap, but but with everybody going down. So why don't we do a scientific study? Not the two of us, but let's convince a couple of school districts to do a little test. So we'll take Clovis Unified, top of the line school, more computer systems, more technology than, say, even Fresno. Why don't we move all their equipment to their school district and move Fresno's equipment to Clovis or just swap students? Let's do it for one semester, one year. And let's look at the outcome base after that study. Okay, so we've already had that in the United States, and it's called the busing system. And we've done busing to move people from what would be arguably better school districts to bus them to worse school districts and the people in worse school districts get bused to the better school districts. It didn't change to positive outcomes for everybody involved. So we've already had a version of that. And in some places we continue to have that because busing systems are in place. So instead of trying to elevate people, we say we're going to take some of the, the people living in good school districts and force them to go to the bad school districts. Right. I knew that. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek. So then here is another little tidbit for you. Are we not supposed to be the wealthiest nation on earth? Supposed to be. Then why do we have to continually talk about school districts that don't have and students that don't have and all the programs we have to provide for them while we're sending funding all over the entire world before we're taking care of the homeland first. Well, one, we can't throw good money after bad because if we keep the same policies in place and the same things in place that we've had, throwing more money at it is not going to be a whole fix. Instead, maybe we should stop doing focusing on things like why math is racist and we should start truly driving the monetary assistance if it's necessary or if we need better, is this the right one? People assistance. So if we need better influencers inside school districts, maybe we have people who work for the state of California as educators that go to where they're needed most. So instead of solely hiring local and staying local, 
if you want to call this another expansion of the California government, maybe it might be. However, funding wise, I still think we can direct the money that we already have and put it to good use. Let's quit throwing more pupil money, more pupil money. Oh, we need another person, uh, uh, another amount of money per person. And instead, let's get the people in there that can truly drive the change. Right. And that's part of the problem, though. You talk about the money going in the right places is all these uh not peer reviewed, but all these places that study where financing goes in school districts and others. Unfortunately, a bulk of it goes to the administrators. Right. And we don't need more money at the top. And we do, we need money used correctly. And we just see it thrown, thrown around. I I get it. Solar for all these school districts. I guess that was great. But now that we're learning that the solar is not going to help with achievement gaps, maybe that wasn't the best thing we could have done, not not the best use of that money. Or maybe we should stop spending money on sports complexes. If we can't get kids achieving certain levels of reading and certain levels of writing and certain levels of math, maybe we don't need to worry about what sports program is going on out there. Leave that for a community-based sports program and actually tie into true achievement. If education is the ultimate objective, absolutely. We need to drive after it as hard as we can. But it appears that that's not the direction we're heading in. And that's just one of many um, entities in the United States of America that are just crumbling, crumbling on a daily basis. And we need to get some smart guys in there like uh, Professor Victor Davis Hansen, who's a former Fresno product senior fellow, who seems to have all the right answers when you watch him on television or you listen to him on a newscast. Um, it, it's people like that, folks like that, not woke people, that we need to get in charge of this stuff and have them spearhead and put us in the right direction. Yeah, unfortunately, we are going with all of the woke narratives, all of instead of achieving reading, writing, math. We don't have to make products for for employment in the future so to speak. I mean, we have trade schools if you want to learn a trade and do a certain job and grow up, or we have certain jobs that you can go and get a college education and that will help to lead you down a certain path, maybe being a doctor or a lawyer or some sort of a scientist. That's fine. But let's focus on just basic reading skills. Absolutely. And I had to throw that little woke bit in there because I don't know who makes M&M's. Oh, M&M's have gone woke. M&M's are going woke. Yeah, because we can't have women ever portraying themselves as sexy because that's not a womanly thing to do. Right. We can't have women portraying themselves as smart because that's not a womanly thing to do. Can't have an M&M that looks nervous and sad and scary, too. He's got to be more confident in himself and his abilities right before somebody takes a big bite and breaks him in half. Yeah, woke M&M's, that's just what we need. Well, I, I, sorry, just keeping on the the education train for a little bit, Michigan Democrats came out and said that they believe that parents have no role and no say and should have no say in what is being taught in their kids' school. So now we are, well, one, education is compulsory inside the United States. You don't have a choice you're supposed to start going to school like in California by age of six and I think it's mandatory until 16 
If you're not going to school, public school, you have to show that you're going to private school, homeschool, etc. But it's not something that you can lawfully get out of, so to speak. And now we're being told your kid needs to go to school and you should have no say in what they're being educated in. You should just shut up and put up, but make sure that they learn it no matter what it is that they're trying to to make them learn. And here we're, oh, okay, make my kid as dumb as a box of rocks and that's just supposed to be okay with me. But hey, at least they go protest when we tell them to go protest something. Very true. And do you know who Miguel Cardona is? Miguel Cardona. Not not sure. He has something to do with a letter that was sent to the White House. And Education Secretary. Yes. Sir. Okay. Took well, a minute to come to there's me. There's 41 Republicans that are now asking for Mr. Cardona to respectfully resign his position and go away. Because we now know that he was the author of this letter. There's a watchdog organization. It's called Protect the Public's Trust, who just announced this morning that they're filing a lawsuit against the NSBA and Homeland, not Homeland Security, but Department of Education over the fact that they have decided to label parents, here's your education, as terrorists. So they've decided to label parents as terrorists. Yes. Yeah, do you know who's not a terrorist? Again, Taliban. The Taliban. Taliban is not terrorist because the United States is sending tons of money over that way. Same with Palestine. No terrorists there. Even when having been labeled by past administration as terrorist, on terrorist watch list, and yet here we are labeling parents who I don't know might have gone to a school board meeting and got upset because they were told that there was absolutely no way a boy was in the girls' restroom and raped their daughter. Oh, but he's a terrorist. And since you mentioned Afghanistan, the Taliban, and others, and the money we're sending to them, that's where I was saying we could get some additional education money from. Yeah, we should stop sending money overseas we can do a lot better with that well we could try to do better as long as it's not misspent Heck, we could fix our roads so jumping uh real quick though on the thing that i mentioned about the loudon county parent being a terrorist so apparently uh, at loudon county the school superintendent was blaming i think it was title nine over the reason why they handled the situation the way they did and kept the boy in school and then sent him to another school. And they were, according to the boy's mom, they were just going to move him back to the original school anyway. They said Title IX prevented them from investigating anything until the government got done with their investigation and decided whether or not to charge him. So apparently that was all lies. And now they have fired the, the chief of staff at the school for the handling of the rapist in their school, despite the fact that the superintendent seemed to be the one on board with doing everything, not the chief of staff. We always go after the lower level people. Absolutely. So what's our president's name? What's our president's what? What's his name? I'm forgetting. Uh, Brandon. Yeah, let's go Brandon. Oh, let's go Biden. So his son, Hunter Biden. go out Biden, kick him out of office. Yes, Hunter Biden. So apparently, one of our senators back in D.C., Senator Grassley, 
has been trying to get information from the Secret Service as to the whereabouts of Hunter Biden when he went on three trips, three years in a row with his dad when he was vice president overseas. And the Secret Service for uh, months and months refused to provide the documentation. And when they did provide the documentation, 95% of it was redacted. Well, there's a thing in our U.S. Constitution called Congressional Oversight. So Mr. Grassley has reminded them that there is no reason for them to redact anything they send to them of that nature. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens to see if they release um, who was protecting him and uh, what he was doing, who he was roaming around with. Because apparently he's in hot water again for some inner dealings with another large Chinese company. Well, I guess during Trump's presidency... He was officially named on some, uh, it's part owner, board, whatever they do to to make sure they funnel money to him for not actually doing anything but arranging visits with his dad, apparently. So apparently in 2017, he was named to another one of these. Uh, Again, it's either part owner, board, I, I don't recall. But they waited until after dad was no longer vice president in order to to make the money connection, at least as a show of public visibility, they didn't make that connection. But yet all the dealings were done years prior. The criminal element is back in the White House. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Let's turn to a restaurant. Ever heard of White Castle? I have heard of White Castle. Me too. Never eaten there, but I understand the food's pretty good. Well, apparently every year... During Valentine's Day, they take all of their restaurants and they turn them into a semi-high-class little restaurant where they actually have in-building in or in-seating dining. And they're going to have to forego that this year because of lack of employees and what's going on with the current state of uh, pandemics and that sort of thing. So their senior VP of marketing and of the company apologized today and said, don't worry, we'll be back next year. But we're going to have some great to-go boxes. So if anybody wants to go to White Castle and get food during Valentine's Day, they're still going to have the same great food they do on Valentine's Day. You just can't dine in. Well, well, that's too bad that they can't get the the employees because we've been told that we have the highest highest employment. You know, thanks to history of the world. Yeah, Biden has just created more jobs than anyone else, and so apparently he's created more jobs than we can even fill. That's amazing. So do the jobs exist if there's no one to do them ever? No. So how about a little military tidbit here? What's your military tidbit? So a few weeks before graduation from high school in 1943, a gentleman by the name of Donald, I want to say it's Huizinga or Huizinga. He was drafted into the U.S. Army to fight in World War II because he had just turned 18 his senior year. Well... Almost 79 years later, the 98-year-old from San Angelo, Texas, was finally able to get his diploma. So he just got his high school diploma last week. No reason as to why he didn't get it the previous years, but he uh, has his diploma now. That is awesome. Yes, it is. Congratulations, is, Mr. Huizinga. That is absolutely awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. That is a nice story. want to... Know what you're supposed to do in the morning when you wake up, according to doctors across America? Drink coffee? Ten things you should do every morning. 
write something down with which you are grateful for. For me, it would be waking up that morning. Topside. Drink at least 16 to 24 ounces of water. Like chug it? First thing in the morning, do you chug 16 to 24 ounces? Or is it saying like maybe an hour? While you're getting ready for work, you should drink 16 to 24 ounces. You should meditate. Make your bed. Try to get some natural light in the morning if you can, if there is such a thing in the wintertime. Do some type of stretching or exercise. Even if it's not a full workout, do something very minor. Take a short walk if you can. Do something you enjoy. And then get dressed and go to work. I get about one of those done. Yeah, I didn't see coffee on there, though. Yeah, I get dressed and go to work. But I take so many vitamins, it takes uh, about 30 ounces of water to get them all down. Yeah, well... Uh, between my husband and I, one of us makes the bed every morning. So I guess I get two of those done. Depends on who gets to the bed first. So, yeah, that's fun. Absolutely. So jumping back to one of our first topics, with at least as far as Democrat policies. In New York, a man was accused of pushing an Asian woman to death on the subway. He has a multi-decade rap sheet. And it was just because he could. There doesn't really seem to be... They had no rhyme or reason. They weren't interacting with each other. So he just pushed a woman in front of the subway and she died. A young woman in L.A. was murdered at a furniture store. A man out on bail for another crime uh, just attacked her and killed her. In Houston, 150-plus murders were done by people released on bail. And it seems like the murder numbers are up everywhere. Crime is up. And what are we told? It's okay. The police are the problem. Defund the police. It's not the bail reform. It's not putting more people out on zero money bail or some sort of reduced bail system. It is just almost as if it's just something to put up with. At least society is better for it. Somehow. I'm still trying to figure out how society is better for this. But we are seeing murders up everywhere due to these policies. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that somebody should be stuck in pre-trial confinement. Some of these cases take two years to work their way through the system, which I think is, that should be our focus. Our focus should be how can we give people the speedy trial that they deserve and stop with, you know, letting people out if they have a murder charge, if they have, in some cases, we're seeing people who have domestic violence charges just getting right out and then turning around and killing the person that they assaulted in the first place. We have to have a better way of addressing these things than simply letting people out or, in the alternative, holding them indefinitely until they decide to get to the trial. There has to be something else we can something do. Something in between, in yes. the middle of the two. Absolutely. I think, unfortunately, all great nations collapse after three or four hundred years and i believe we are on a steady decline we're probably going to continue to go down unfortunately because you're right there's lawlessness everywhere you have people in power bilking the system juicing the american people and taking everything they have pretty much or a good majority of it 50 percent plus and there doesn't seem to be a fix in sight well and those are the people that have private security they, they can have, you know, um, 
Capitol Hill police or even secret service, depending on, on who it is and what they're doing, they get to have all of these private securities and, and they don't have to worry about it. It's just the regular schmoes. As you said, we're getting all of our money taken from us. They're finding new ways to make us hate each other, be angry at each other. And we're focusing so much on each other that we're not focusing on the real problem, which is them, such as talking about bilking Nancy Pelosi last year, but technically the end of last year said she didn't see a reason that Congress shouldn't be able to do trades on single stocks. There was no reason to be to stop that. And now she's come out this year, which is a couple weeks later. Maybe she figured out that people didn't like her answer. So she's changing it a bit and saying, oh, well, the federal government puts a check on Congress people if they think that they're trading with insider trading. So they need to do their job. And I trust the congressmen and women to to trade lawfully. Well, I think while they're in office, and I think we talked about this the other night at dinner, that they should not be allowed to trade like that. They should not be able to use their spouse as an excuse. They should have to separate their dealings from their spouses so that mysteriously, a couple days before something comes out on a trade, their spouse buys into that company and is able to make a lot of money, which enhances both of them. But it's more of watching the ones that their salary start out at 160, 170,000 a year. You multiply the amount of years they've been in there. You deduct their taxes they pay. You deduct their mortgages. You deduct their general expenses. And they walk out with 20 or $30 million in the bank. Uh, that doesn't process or add up for me. No. And even now when they, they admit to their trades, they don't even have to admit to their trades until 45 days after. So you have to marry up a bunch of different information on a bunch of different days and and do your investigation yourself on whatever you can find because some of these investigations are behind closed doors. So they have secret, you know, if it's dealing with secret information, they don't put it out to the public. So you have to try to marry it up yourself. And generally speaking, the people who do these investigations on Capitol Hill are more in the know. So me, you, other people, we can try to try to peg all these different things that could have, should have, would have happened, but you have to keep track of all of these different investigations, all of the different stocks, all of the different spouses. And if you do it like Mr. Biden, you just have to have your son do it, and I don't think that that's reportable. Right, and her speech must have been a play on words, especially if she said single trades. Because they're buying into different things. Yes, multiple. She said that for a reason. So going back to the state of crime around the country. So I guess a notebook was found with Brian Laundrie's body, which included a confession about how he strangled his girlfriend. Yeah, and apparently there was a domestic violence incident, and I think it was in Utah, that should have separated those two, and they should have arrested him, but they ended up letting them both go. They didn't, she didn't want to admit that she was a victim of domestic violence, so they just let them both go. I guess there was enough evidence that they should have at least separated the two and arrested him at that point. But instead, um, and it might not have saved her life because she did keep going back to him. Unfortunately, victims of domestic violence tend to go back to their abusers. And in her case, it, it sadly resulted in her death. But it is 
quite interesting. I guess they had property together. It's not interesting that they had property together, but they had property together. So now her parents are trying to get, I don't know if it's get the property with his name removed off of it because he is her killer. And so if he confessed to it, then why should his family side make, it's not really making money, but be the beneficiaries of anything of his if he was murdered her, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And sad for her, his parents as well, because I'm sure they didn't know their kid was a killer. Oh, absolutely. They, it, they shouldn't receive anything. If they do, it should go to a battered woman's shelter or something of that nature. So an unfortunate other instance of murder. So I don't know if you heard about this, but a 16-year-old girl was shot and killed while working at a Burger King drive through in Milwaukee. And so that happened this year, and it was considered a botched robbery that, for whatever reasons, so the, the robber came through the drive through and had a gun and was, like, reaching through the window or, or was seen in video in the window and then asking for, for money. So they're trying to get the money out of the till to give to the robber. It appeared that the robber shot the 16-year-old in the head and then sped off. And it was unclear at that time, I think, if he got the money or not. So it turns out that a twist in said saga was that on the video, they don't actually see the robber's gun go off. So then it turns out, looking at the inside of the video, or the inside of the building, when they were getting robbed, and I guess the gal said something about it, like we're getting robbed or, or whatever. And then a coworker pulled out a gun and shot towards the robber and unfortunately shot and killed his coworker. Then he apparently chucked the gun in the safe and then ran because he was a felon in possession of a firearm. And if that is not enough of a twist, apparently they caught the robber And he claims that he was working in cahoots with the girl who got shot, which was his daughter's friend, to rob the place. That She was in on the robbery, but then he says, my daughter wasn't involved. The family of the 16-year-old who was killed said, that doesn't sound like our daughter. Yes, they were friends, but I don't think she would take part. And so now it appears that the father and daughter were robbing the place because the daughter gave him the time like the best time to rob it, the most amount of money in the till. Wow. And the 16-year-old was killed on accident by her coworker. So it seems like maybe the father didn't want to out his daughter as his co-conspirator, so he outed the girl that was killed instead because she's dead, she can't talk. So they're still investigating to see if it was the father and daughter that did it or if the friend who was killed was in fact a part of the whole thing. That's like a little mini documentary series you could do on 60 minutes or something. Wow. Yeah. So there, there's a lot still involved. They're still investigating, but they did arrest the robber slash father for his role. And so they're still working now. The daughter, I think said that all three of them were a part of it. So those, 
It's unclear. So the family, of course, is saying their daughter wouldn't do that. And then the father and daughter, father said his daughter wouldn't do that. And the daughter said all three of us were involved. So wow. looks like she's outing her herself. But Holy smokes. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy. That was a mouthful, right? Crazy there. situation. <laughs> yeah, it is. So we had segregation in America for years, yeah? Unfortunately, yes. That is a, a very terrible part of our history. And it's amazing that progressives who claim to be against that are resegregating American institution under the guise of racial equality. Equity. That's your equity, right? Equality and equity. You want to get both. So in order for there to be true equality, everybody has the same stake separately but equal because somehow we didn't learn that that doesn't work. Well, that's what happens when you remove history out of history books. You tear down statues. You just take away what's happened the previous 50 to 75 years. Then these young lads and ladies being brought up have no idea what happened. So to them, what's happening in present is the correct thing. When in reality, we're going back 50 to 100 years. Yeah, well... I mean, we have Biden coming out suggesting that his voting rights law will make things equal and that we are we are in a bad place with our, our voting rights across the United States. So in order for there to be equality, we have to have the same federal voting regulations, voting laws across the country. But he said, which this is a really weird statement from him. But he said if his voting rights law isn't passed and election, the elections or the election, if you want to do it singularly, like for president, wouldn't be legitimate. Okay, so, without showing any evidence. Yeah, without. Well, it's just interesting because we have President Trump and people who followed President Trump said that the 2020 election wasn't legitimate. I don't know if you've heard people say that, but now Biden is saying that if his voting rights law isn't passed in Congress and signed by him, then it calls into question elections and they wouldn't be legitimate. Then we would still have the same voting rights laws on the books if his aren't passed. So then doesn't that mean that the 2020 election wasn't legitimate by his own, by his own standard assertion? Correct. Yeah. However, more people voted in the 2020 election than in American history. So then if we're stopping people from voting with these laws, but more people voted, how is it a bad Here, I'll use thing? this line. It's a trumped up charge. <laughs> <laughs> because we passed a voting rights law in the 1960s, and I believe it was without a lot of help of some Democrats. Oh, but the great switch. Oh, wait, no, the great switch happened before, and that was the after, so whatever, whatever. The great switch. Yes, and we've worked very hard in America to fix that. But unfortunately, progressives obviously feel we need to go backwards. Somehow backwards is forward and forward is backwards. And you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. And I still can't understand their thinking when I know tongue-in-cheek, I know the answer. It's rhetorical, I guess. Is the fact that you have to have an ID to do anything. If you go to a theme park... And you have an annual pass. You have to show your driver's license or state ID along with the pass to prove you are who you are so you can get in. You fly. 
you drive, you bank, you shop, you show some form of ID. So what is wrong with showing some form of ID to vote so we can verify you are in fact who you are and that you vote, you only vote once, you don't run a block away and vote again and then go another block away and vote again. Let's, uh, let's fix this thing once and for all and stop talking about it election cycle after election cycle after election cycle. So maybe we can do what the IRS, Biden's IRS, is starting to do. They're, they want, or they are, or they don't want, they're going to use this program called ID.me. And in fact, I had, had to sign up for it for something that I was doing with the federal government in order to get access to information that I was supposed to be afforded access to. Um, you have to actually upload a copy of your driver license or ID card and they're going to start using facial recognition to make sure you are who you say you are if you want to do certain actions or get certain information online, either via the IRS or some other federal sites that are requiring that you do this. So if we can require that you do this for other interactions, just you even noted state ones and local ones that you have, why not voting? Facial recognition you can vote now. I'm not saying that I want all my information out there. And in some cases, I think we should walk back times in which you have to show your ID. For instance, if I want to buy medication for my, my children, over-the-counter medication, but they've determined that it could be misused in the state of California, I actually have to give my driver license over to the Target or Walmart employee to run my information in order to buy them medication over the counter for an illness. So if I have to do it then, why not to vote? Why not, if I have to do it in every other part of my life, why this time is it just too much? Don't get it. Great point. And I can't understand why people of color continue to tolerate this crud election cycle after election cycle because some folks in the Democratic Party play these people for fools. You know, they're as smart as anybody else out there. They know how to go get an ID like we do. We know how to go get an ID like they do. Um, we're all equal partners in this thing. And, and these these Dems just need to finally be put in their place and say, look, we're going to come up with one voting system. It's a state's rights issue. The states determine who and how. We're going to vote, like I just heard somebody say 20 minutes ago, on one day, not an entire month. That's a bunch of baloney. Let's vote, let's pick our people, and let's move on. So something that you noted as far as states' rights, voter ID is not required in every state. California doesn't have it, and in fact, they're not currently pushing to say California should have it. California is allowed to make its decision. We can agree or disagree with it. Absolutely. The part that I disagree with is every time I have to show my ID to get some cough syrup for my kids, that gets, or even for myself, that gets really irritating. But when I show up to vote, they've decided that as long as I can name my address and that address hasn't been voted on for my, my giving my name and my address, they will give me a ballot. If it has been voted on, I get a provisional, which that irks me, but I get a provisional and then they have to determine what happened. Was it an accident? Did some local person accidentally check the wrong box? 
we can we can definitely improve upon that. But each state has a state's right to determine what they want to do. And I think it's, gosh, is it New Hampshire? When they vote for president, or is it Maine? Some town in Maine or some town in New Hampshire, when they vote for president, they're up at like midnight caucusing or something like that. It's a weird, or sorry, I said caucusing. So that is when they do the and they pick the, the primaries or the primaries when yes. they do the primaries. So they're yeah. up at like midnight voting. I don't want to be up at midnight doing that, but that's what their town decided to do. That's what their state decided to do. We don't caucus here. We we just do our vote. We don't. In, in California, we just say who we want to vote for. We check our little box or mark it off and we turn in our ballot and we walk away. We don't have to go after work with all of our other townsfolks and then stand in a gymnasium and say, okay, and raise a little thing. Who wants to vote for this person? Who wants to vote for this person? Everybody stand in their own little corner. Okay, Joe Schmo didn't get enough vote so that person's out where do you guys want to revote and then you go stand by your next little person until they have somebody that they picked it is weird to me but that is what they've decided to do yep and that's one of the things that makes us great as a country and as individual states is our individualism for most stuff and our collectivism for other stuff i mean if you federalize all this then you're no different than a socialist country so i have a question for you I might have an answer. Do you have any uh, empathy or feelings toward China and the genocide of the Uyghurs? I have zero empathy for China. I actually think that every country other than China should call them out for it. Stop doing business with them. Stop trading. Don't go to the Olympics. Don't buy a single solitary product from them until they stop. Did you hear what part owner of the Golden State Warriors said? I did, but I'll let you repeat it. Oh, he has a, a statement where he said, nobody cares. And so he, he has not issued an apology. He just said, oh, maybe I could have said it differently. But they are doing business with China. The NBA continues to do business with China, big business with China. They won't speak negatively of them. So you can commit genocide and the owner, part owner of the Golden State Warriors opinion is nobody cares. Well, I'm sure he's not alone with all these big corporations that are doing business with China. And I think not only are big corporations doing business with China, our government behind the scenes, Hunter Biden, is doing business with China as well. Did you know that Nancy Pelosi sent N95s to everybody in the house? Made in China? I thought that we were using our 300 million N95s that we had locked away in a vault that were made here in America. Oh, no. No, she sent him out and one of the House of Representatives, uh, well, one of the representatives took a picture of it and it had the card insert that it came from China and it's all in, in Chinese. So he jokingly took a picture and said, can somebody translate this for me or I can't read it can somebody help how to use my N95 but yeah we should quit doing business with China and instead we seem to be well I was hoping we'd be less beholden to them but here we are seemingly more beholden to them despite the fact that there is so much we could do here stateside and I I know I've told you before my opinion 
on if we want to pay people specific wages, if we want to set out a minimum wage, whether it's $15 an hour or more, we should be doing business with here with people here, having the companies here, having the employees here. So we make sure that they get the money we say we want them to have and whatever benefits we say we want them to have. So do cars go up and down streets? They might. Generally. I mean, if they're functioning correctly. Well, apparently there was a West Virginia reporter. She was opening up for America's Newsroom, and she was struck by a car right before they went live. She was supposedly reporting on a water main break. And I need to look at the rest of the story, but it kind of looks like the camera's in the street. Oh, she decided to stand in the street and do some reporting? It kind of looks like that, but I have to verify that. Uh, Maybe the car was driving on the sidewalk. I'm not sure. Because that's what happened when that gentleman hit all those people at that parade. It wasn't him. Oh, the SUV did it. Yeah, it was the SUV that did it. So it probably wasn't the occupant in the car. It was the car that doesn't like reporters for Fox News. Oh, maybe that's it. It's it's the cars. Maybe they're designed that way. Tesla autonomous driving vehicles. Yeah, don't blame Tesla. They're awesome. Yes, they are. Okay, so some of the voting that's been going on lately within the the Senate is having to do with a filibuster. And so far, it's been canned according to the most recent votes. It was 48 to 52. Uh, Cinema and Manchin voted with the 50 other Republicans, 50 Republicans, so it was 50 and then those two. So, so did they name that after Phil and Buster? <laughs> Phil and Buster instead of Dave and Buster. So un- they've been called racist. They've been told that they are opposing the filibuster, so they're they're racist. Anyone who opposes scrapping the filibuster is racist. So did you know? Under the Republican majority in the 115th and 116th Congresses, Democrats in the upper chamber used the filibuster a record number of times. I did. Do you want to know how many times? Do you have how many? Tell me. They used it 314 times during President Donald Trump's four-year term. And Phil and Buster were busy. And do you know how many times... The GOP used the filibuster during all eight years of President Obama? Less than 30. No, sorry, 175. Oh, okay. So it was slightly more than half. And that was eight, eight years. Eight years versus four? Versus four. So if if the filibuster is racist, does that make the Democrats, the most racist bunch of people out there because they use that racist tool more than double the amount of times in half the amount amount of years. And if you look at their voting history the last 100 years, they are definitely the more racist of the two parties in Washington, D.C. Now, does that mean that there are no racist Republicans? Oh, absolutely not. Racism exists, so do not take this as we don't think that racism doesn't exist. But when you call somebody racist for doing something that you've done more than anybody else, maybe you need to check yourself. Absolutely. So I guess there was a hunger strike, D.C.? A hunger strike. Are we talking about uh, New York free lunches where they are giving toddler-sized portions to high schoolers? 
No, they oh, were. Oh, not that they, kind of a no, hunger strike. Not that kind of a hunger strike. This was in uh, opposition to the freedom to vote because it the, didn't pass. It went down in flames. Oh, the voting rights. Yes. Biden's voter. So measure. a bunch of people decided to go on a hunger strike. Well, the end indefinite hunger strike over failed voting bill ends eight days after it started. I could never go on a hunger strike. I would last about 10 minutes. Yeah, you have to set your mind to it. It's a mental thing. As long as you drink water, you can last a month. Eight days is... Uh, so the indefinite hunger strike, indefinitely eight days. And indefinitely, definitely ended in eight days. So since... um, Sorry, going back to cinema. Should we backhand her for her vote? I a- wouldn't. She'd a- probably kick my butt. According to ex-Labor Secretary Reich, we should backhand cinema. Now, notice he didn't say cinema and mansion in his tweet. He only targeted half, the female portion, the female portion. of those votes. So, apparently, we're, we're willing to talk about backhanding women, but not backhanding men. Yeah, I didn't like that guy when he worked for Bill Clinton years ago in the 90s and i don't like him now yeah i just don't understand how we're not like all over all over him for talking about backhanding a woman wrong party yeah not the right party not the right party if it was the other party this is all you would hear in the news today so something that i've heard previously not specifically about this filibuster vote or the the voting rights vote but there was another vote that happened last year that went 48 to 52. And they said that they didn't, Bernie Sanders and, and similar Democrats, well, technically he's an independent, came out and said that they didn't think that two people should be able to upend what 48 other people want. And so they said the minority is hindering the majority. But what's funny about that, it fails to account for the other 50 people that were involved in those votes. Right, the other side. So really it was 48 to 52, and the majority won, so to speak, in the, in the no vote. And so I just find it kind of interesting when you try to frame an argument around something that didn't quite happen that way. So for in this particular case, that two people are stopping 48 Instead of 52 Instead people of 52. are stopping 48. Well, let's say they think there's some dinglings out there in the world or some dum-dums. Well, since I saw it yeah. reposted and framed that way, I'm going to say there are, unfortunately, yes. some people who don't. I wouldn't say dum-dums, but they're not thinking through they're the whole correct. argument. They're it, not which, analyzing the whole entire argument. I've been guilty of that, too. So, in, in a sense, I've been a dum-dum. But when you don't think through the whole argument, it will really, really get you. So, you know who Governor DeSantis is? Yes, I do. You know our former president of the last four years? Yes, I do. Mr. Trump. So, apparently, the news media is trying to drum up a rift between the two of them. Because I believe, being the simpleton I am, that they're fully aware that if these two join forces to run on a 2024 ticket, that it should be a absolute shoe in think it will be a slam dunk it would be in against my, clinton clinton and uh, michelle obama yeah i would i would be interested to see if michelle obama would run i would as much as i don't agree with her politics 
and there's a lot I disagree with, it'd be interesting to see Obama, Miss Obama run versus Miss Clinton. Because I think Miss Obama would wipe the floor oh, with her. Oh, she would clean the floor with her. Absolutely. That would actually be kind of interesting. But I believe there's a lot better choices out there. I would never vote, vote Democrat unless somebody was really appealing and they checked all the boxes or a majority of the boxes for me. Well, right. Why do we keep getting the same people? Why are we even talking about a Clinton run? Right. And at work, I say that to guys and gals all the time that there's 300 million people in America and we keep recycling the same one half of 1% every election cycle to make the same decisions they made the previous administration or the previous or the previous or the previous, just like this lady, I think her name's Jen Saki. Yes. Spokesperson. Yes. You know, you think she's new to this and she hasn't been around. Well, she has a, I believe, a master's or doctorate in communications. She's a very smart lady, but she can she can twist and turn somebody's words and make them absolutely what he said, not what he said. And yes, you have to be the best at that particular job in order in order to do it. Well, what made me not like her and like not like maybe a strong phrase is when she was the speaker for Hillary Clinton when she was in the State Department. And what happened in Benghazi happened and the way she twisted the words and phrases and how she made it everybody else's fault but Hillary's is what tainted me against that lady and I will never forgive her for that for all the military guys dying during that op. Yes, it is definitely, that was a very striking point for me in which I became a never Hillary person, not so much on Jen Psaki, but the way Hillary Clinton refused to take any, any ownership, never Hillary. I was never Hillary from, from that point forward. But to speak of Jen Psaki's education, she has a bachelor's from the College of William and Mary, but I don't see any other degree. Okay, but That's she a is in, still. But I, I thought there was a news person one time that said they thought she had a master's or higher. So. Well, if she does, I, I don't see oh, it's it okay. here. She's but still a gr- college graduate. She is. A, she's very smart, but the way she twists the truth is very troubling. It's, <laughs> that's the way they work back there, though. I, I think you're supposed to look at a dictionary and a definition, and you see politician, and you look next to it, and it says liar. Well, what's funny is you were talking about how how they are twisting to create a rift between different people. NPR did an expose that claimed Neil Gorsh was the cause of Justice Sotomayor being unable to take part in cases in person, and instead she had to work from her office, her chambers. And the NPR story claimed that because Neil Gorsh refused to wear a mask, despite being asked by Sotomayor and Chief Justice Roberts, um, Sotomayor having underlying comorbidities and could possibly still get a bad case of COVID resulting in her death, Um, even though she's vaccinated and boosted, that there was this problem and rift between Gorsh and Sotomayor. So then Neil Gorsh and Justice Sotomayor release a joint statement saying that the NPR story is BS. And Chief Justice Roberts also released a statement saying he never 
asked anyone to wear a mask. That was never a part of it. And Neil Gorsh didn't refuse to wear a mask because, one, he was never asked to. So she is doing this to keep herself safe. And that is what she believes that she needs to do. And Neil Gorsh, being vaccinated and boosted, believes that he should not wear a mask. And it's their choice. No one was asked not to, but they, they created the story to say that he was a driving wedge in Justice Sotomayor not being able to take arguments in person. Seeing what happens, they'll put a little disclaimer up at one of their next meetings apologizing. You won't even be able to read it because it'll be so small. And they move on. They get to make another false story. Yeah, they said their wording was problematic, but they still stood by it. So that's what they came out with. Oh, our our wording was problematic, but we stand by it. Wow. So jumping to a subject on January 6th of 2021 and how they've come out with charges against the Oath Keepers, some of the Oath Keepers. So a couple things that I've learned within the last week, which is that Ray Epps, Mr. Epps that has been scrubbed from records, he's an Oath Keeper, and he's from Arizona. Now, another Oath Keeper claimed that the FBI were trying to flip him to be an eight, not an agent, what is that, to be a, an informant. informant. So another Oath Keeper claimed that the FBI were trying to make him an informant prior to January 6th. And he said when he didn't become an informant, he was ultimately arrested. And now Epps is being scrubbed from videos and such, and he was apparently an Oath Keeper. Conspiracy theory here, they flipped him. Yep. Okay, so the next thing on the Oath Keepers, which just came out, something that we've talked about, was if you have no guns, but you talked about having guns, is it an armed insurrection? Apparently, according to new FBI claims, Oath Keepers did truck weapons, did bring, I shouldn't say truck, I don't know if they actually came in a truck, did bring weapons with them and put them in a hotel in Virginia. So that way they could have an armed storming of the Capitol. And on the 5th of January, they put all of these weapons in Virginia in the hotel, or motel as it were. But then, on January 6th, decided to go unarmed to the Capitol, and then what happened happened. I wonder if they had a change of heart. So, whether or not they had a change of heart. I it that's they could have had a change of heart, change of mind, or they thought they would use it later. I'm not sure. I don't know what was in their mind. I don't know if there are recordings of them talking out loud. So being charged the way they're charged, if you I guess the guns cross state lines, but not into DC, but getting them to Virginia was a crossing of state lines. And then never used, they still can be charged with the plot that i believe however i'm still confused about mr epps because the fbi director was asked multiple times who he was so what if you've listened to i'm not saying you haven't but some of the responses given from the fbi it's more akin to we don't release sources we don't release how we do business basically 
either how we get informants to come to us, how we flip people, how we conduct investigations. So a lot of their answers weren't no. They were akin to we don't give information on how we do things. So why would you remove his pictures? They don't give information on how they do things. But if you listen to Mr. Epps through his attorney, it was because he was no longer an unnamed individual. Once they figured out who he was, he came off the list because they didn't have to identify him anymore. He was identified. That's his claim. Well, it's amazing. Just not the one picture of him being removed off of there. There's multiple videos of him the night before stirring up stuff. And then the day of convincing people to tear down a barrier. Well, that's because, sorry, that's okay. That is because if he is a government informant or acting on behalf of the government, you can't have a conspiracy with the government. Right. So then all these charges go out the window. Yes. And, and they and they will eventually because they'll move him to a witness protection program or they'll just he'll just go away. Yeah, and if he incited the insurrection, he was a government actor inciting an insurrection. Can everybody else be charged? I would say no. So I would say they don't want him to be pointed to as the instigator. When he's on video. When he's on video. Being the instigator. Yes. I watched a YouTube channel, which I won't name, night before last, and they were showing all of the videos he's on instigating. It was very interesting. So our most transparent presidency ever. Did you know that in the last year, 365-day year, Biden has done two solo press conferences? It's pretty transparent. Yeah, and uh, between the last one and this one was 300 days. So he gave one about 60 days into his presidency. And I do remember a lot around that where people are like, when are we going to get to have a press conference with him? When's he going to come out? When's he going to come out? And then it seemed like it was taking forever. So apparently it took about 60, 65 days. And then it took another 300 for him to do another one, which turned out to be an absolute disaster for him, which is why they don't do them. Right, and I'll go back to saying that, you know, the guy was the a senator for about, what, 30 years, 25 years? 500 years. Yeah. Sorry. Vice president for eight years, now president for one year, ran for president three times, finally won it. Whether it was legitimate or not, that'll be a topic of discussion for a thousand years. However, the man's mental capacity now is such that somebody is leading him, he's following, and it's very unfortunate to see a man in public, whether you like him or not, that is not there. Yes, it is very unfortunate, and he should not be our president. I would actually go back to March of 2020, well, January to March of 2020, So in California, we did our primary election in March of 2020, but presidential voting starts before then, whoever you want as a Democrat representative for that particular uh, cycle for the next four years, whoever you want as your person to run against the Republican, and then we figure out who's going to be president in November. So in March of 2020, the Biden was losing. Biden was losing the Democrat vote. Bernie Sanders was up. Pete Buttigieg was up. Bernie 
Sanders arguably should have been uh, doing better than Clinton, I think, four years prior, but they circled around Clinton, and that was another thing. So we had this Pete Buttigieg, we had Klobuchar, we had Sanders doing well. Klobuchar was not doing as well, but she was still in it. And what we ended up with was the wagon circling around Biden, even though he was not winning, the wagon circling around Biden, and then Pete Buttigieg dropped out, Amy Klobuchar dropped out in the same weekend, and then right before Super Tuesday in California, along with all of the other states that vote at the same time, we had Biden. That's all we had. We had. I think we might have had Sanders a little bit. I can't remember if he was still on the ticket. But they circled around Biden. Then all of a sudden I was getting all of these text messages and emails saying, I've decided to step down, Buttigieg, and please vote for vote for Biden. Circle around Biden. Biden, Biden, Biden. It should not have been him. Nope. It should not have been him. And I mean that from a Democrat slash independent standpoint, because at the I was a registered independent. I was not voting in the Republican primary, although there was there gonna, was somebody running against Trump. But are I don't you going to vote for Buttigieg? I was actually going to vote for Buttigieg. I wanted to see what he could do and how far he could go, quite honestly. Uh, he said good things back then, although now that I see him as transportation secretary, I question myself. Well, he's following what he's told He's to following do. orders. That's why. You know who I really like? Who's that? Tulsi Gabbard. Oh, she was still in it, too. Yes. She and, was still in it, too. And when she debated Hillary Clinton, you want to talk about cleaning the floor with her. She yeah. took Hillary to task, which was really good. Yeah, she was a representative out of Hawaii. Yes, and I know born she, in American. I Samoa. know she's a Democrat, but she might be a moderate to a conservative Democrat because she just says to me all the right things. Does she really believe them? I don't know. But every time I see her on the news, even when she was running for president, she was saying the right things. Yeah, she definitely tends to show that she swings more moderate, although that's what Biden was trying to run off of, too. And now he's all of his speech makers, policymakers, whoever's writing everything for him, whether it's his executive actions or whatever, it's all leaning like super left. Right. Well, super, if you watch, and that's not how he ran either. No, if you watch, I think it was 60 Minutes that interviewed Barack Obama and he made the statement that. If he had somebody that could just sit in the office there and he could pull the strings, basically, um, it would be his third term. So we're actually seeing, I think it's even more radical than him. We're seeing somebody pull the strings. This is the most radical. I, I don't, I think that Obama was more left for sure, but he wasn't this far left. No. Even no, in his second not. term when he started doing some of the, uh, the things that you do when you don't have to run anymore. Right, like go golfing. <laughs> and when the Republicans won the House and the Senate, he knew he wasn't going to get anything through, but bills still got passed, and there was still some bipartisanship. And he did his yeah. executive action, so I believe it was during his second term that we got DACA deferred action for childhood arrivals. Right, and it's funny that they do these executive actions, and then when the next group comes in, they're terrible. They're horrible. They're they, awful. You shouldn't be allowed to do them. They eliminate them all, and then they do their own, and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So speaking of going golfing, I know Trump got hit a lot for, 
for going golfing. And I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't be allowed to do things because I, I think that you need some sort of a stress relief, especially if you're president, vice president, a lot of these jobs, you need to be able to do something to relieve stress because it's a high stress job for sure. So Biden is not going golfing. He's not a golfer, apparently, or, or at least I haven't seen him go golfing. Maybe he does golf. I'm not certain. But what he does do is go to Delaware on vacation. Yeah, eats paste. About, <laughs> he eats paste. Approximately 28% of his presidency has been spent in Delaware is what I recently read. Now, I don't know if that is that 28% of his weekends or 28% of his actual right. presidency because I know he's gone there for like week or two at a time. So if his first year, 28% of his time has been spent at Delaware, that is also a lack of transparency because apparently you don't have to say who you're meeting with or what you're doing when you're on vacation out of the White House. So he spends a quarter, more than a quarter of his time in non-transparent land. And when he is in the White House, he's still in non-transparent land. Who is our president? Well, depending on what airplane he's in, it's called Air Force One, correct? Yes. Doesn't matter which one it is. Does not matter what any any plane he steps on at any time. So it should not matter where he's at, where his home is, where he's vacationing. He's still the president. He was still duly elected by half of the population. Therefore, everything should be cameraed, filmed, pictured, documented for history. And so we know what the man's doing when he's not sleeping. Yeah, I just find it quite interesting that now we don't care about transparency. Every other presidency. So Prince William, is he going to be the next king of England? No, his dad is. It is often overlooked that his dad is still alive and he his dad is next in line for the throne. Who's his dad? He was the Duke of Edinburgh. Really? Well, I thought yeah. Prince William was the next in line. No, so... Th- Oftentimes, especially in the United States, it is reported that Prince William is the next in line because people like him. He's young. People look at the Duke and they don't like what he did to Prince William's mother, Princess Diana. So they believe that his affair with the woman that he's married to now, the Duchess of Cornwall, the affair that he had with her. It turned many people against him in their eyes. Okay, well, I just assumed that Prince Williams was next in line because he was very involved in stripping Prince Andrew's titles with Queen Elizabeth's support, according to an author. He might be playing more of an active role. They all do, like, all do different things, but it's Prince Charles, that's his dad. So Prince Charles is in line, so... Yeah, Prince William is the Duke of Cambridge. So they get all these various titles as given by the Queen. And once the Queen, may she, the God rest her soul, when she passes, then it will be Prince Charles as the next in line. I don't know. You don't hear a lot about him. I think that's because people don't really like him as much as they like the children. They they saw the children grieve their mother Princess Diana, she was the people's princess, so to speak. So they actually seem to have more care for Prince William, who's in line after his father. And so all of these things come out. Oh, Prince Charles is going to not get to go on the throne. And 
it's going to be Prince William and Prince Charles is going to abdicate, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. But I don't know. That's I don't know all. much about the monarch anyway. Well, that's what they print in America because people here, we don't know much about the monarch because we don't have one. So it's just kind of interesting. Sometimes I wonder if Queen Elizabeth also doesn't really like what her son did. Well, either of her sons, really. Andrew or Prince Charles, but doesn't really like what her son did, so she's trying to outlive him. She, she, she may do it. Because she's in her 90s and he's in his 60s. Yeah, she's 95. So it, sometimes I wonder if she's trying to see if she can outlive him so that way he doesn't actually get the title. Okay, so let's go back to crime in America and crime in California. And the death of an armed man armed with two handguns, who was shot and killed by police at the San Francisco airport today. Whoa. Yes. Now there's an investigation by the Department of Justice. Why would the DOJ need to investigate a local crime? If it's happening near the airport, it could be a federal crime. Well, they fired beanbags at the dude first. Well, that's because in California you can't, you know do anything well it didn't neutralize him so they then fired several fatal shots wow so they administered cpr to the guy but he died on the scene he leaked out his cooling fluid leaked you know you carry a gun into the airport like that and you don't submit to an officer and that's what what i mean by submit is if they tell you to drop the gun put your hands up lay on the ground bark like a dog whatever you do it or this is the consequence you die yep this has been a podcast produced and edited by the dirt sailor duo mark and shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the united states navy this production is protected by copyright laws until next time anchors away